0: Hello, and welcome to Ultimate Medical's podcast, Positioning 365 Beyond Seating. My name is Mary Ann Girardi. I'm a physical therapist and a resident certified assistive technology practitioner. I'm the clinical education specialist for Ultimate Medical, and I'll be your host. Today we are speaking to you from the 38th International Seating Symposium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the end of the second day of educational classes and the end of the exhibit hall. For those of you who do not know what ISS is, it is the world's largest academic conference in the field of seating, mobility, and assistive technology for people with disabilities. It's held annually, and you can go to www.seatingsymposium.us to find out more. My guests today are members of our clinical advisory board, Tamara Alexander, Barbara Kroon, and our guest educator, Tamara Kittleson. Welcome, ladies. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Tamara Alexander. I'm a physical therapist. Uh, I've been working in the VA system. Uh, First, I started my career 19 years ago with the Seattle VA and then transferred back home down to California and now reside in uh, Southern California and I work at the Long Beach VA. I currently serve as the clinical specialist at the Spinal Cord Injury Center at the Long Beach VA and I run the seating and mobility clinic. Um, I also do inpatient care as well as outpatient care, but primarily I focus on pressure injury management and seating, uh, seating concepts and I am usually consulting on cases where pressure injuries have occurred, and I consult with our plastic surgery team. I see myself there forever, so I'm a lifer right now. Excited to be here. Thank you. Barbara?
2: Hi, I'm Barbara Kroom. I'm a physical therapist and an ATP. I work in Asheville, North Carolina at the Mountain Care Wheelchair Seating Clinic. I previously was at Care Partners Rehab for over almost 35 years. I see clients of all ages and all diagnoses, primarily for their wheelchair needs, but I also address their bathing, positioning at night, and standing needs when necessary. When they need equipment and they're coming into my clinic for a wheelchair, I'll justify the other items that they are in need of at at that time. But like I said, I see from zero to 102 and it's a very challenging, fun job. And I serve 16 counties of, or plus, of Western North Carolina.
0: Wow, it's yeah. a lot.
2: I'm
3: Tamara Kittleson, and I'm here from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm an occupational therapist and have been for 48 years now. So I have a long career, 38 years of that, doing complex rehab technology. Most of my career has been in Montana. Uh, where I served children, adults, all the ages with complex neurodisabilities from 1983 until 2022. Um, Last year, when I decided to move back to Minneapolis, which is where I first began. So at this point in time, I'm not doing actual clinical work. I'm focusing instead on writing projects, teaching and consulting, doing webinars and workshops and such. My particular passions, in addition to seating and positioning equipment, is 24-7 posture care management, particularly postural support in the lying orientation.
0: And everyone keep an eye on our website. Tamara is going to be doing a live webinar from the Ultimate Medical website in June on 24-hour postural care management. So keep an eye on the website for it. Well, ladies, it's been an exciting couple days. It seems we haven't had an in-person ISS since 2020. And it was great to see everybody, I think. And I also heard there's over 1,400 attendees here today.
2: I had not heard the number. That's good to know.
0: So what did you think about being in person for the first time again?
2: It was marvelous. It does my heart good. I'm so happy to be with my family of clinicians and other manufacturer reps and just the manufacturers, the product managers, the people who are developing new product, getting to see new things, catching up with my friends that I've known for 30, 40 years. It's been great, and attending educational courses where I get to learn new things.
1: Exactly. I think the pearls that come out of this seating conference are the best. I learn something new every single time I, I encounter a different region of the United States, but also, obviously, global. Uh, this conference, you know, brings together, I think they said they had 30, 30,
2: 30 different, countries, 30 different countries
1: convene here in Pittsburgh, so there's obviously, I mean, that doesn't cover the entire world, but I mean, that's more than I've been exposed to in a little while, so I'm I'm happy to be here in person.
3: And that's a change that I really noticed, having come to the international seating system for a lot of decades now. It seems to me that there are more speakers from other countries outside North America, certainly at this one, right. um, than there have been in the past.
0: Yeah, I think I agree there were a lot from outside countries and Getting an idea of how things are done around the world yeah, and yeah. things that we take for granted that are everyday commonplace in some places in some things. And then in other products, they're just so amazing and we can't get them here yet, but we are getting them here, especially in the pediatric area. Mm-hmm. I find that happens more often. I'm in love with it. Italian and Scandinavian (laughs) pediatric
2: products. Their designs are very different than what we're used to. And they're so attractive. Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, what did you think the best thing about being in person, or what did you think you experienced that you couldn't have experienced if we were on virtual again?
2: Putting my hands on the actual equipment in the exhibit hall is so much fun. We have reps in our area that come every now and then, but they can't bring everything. Mm -hmm. So being right there in the exhibit hall, getting to try things out, being able to ask questions and give input on the design of prototypes, that's the exciting part, to Mm -hmm. see the advancements that have been made in the field and where we as clinicians can give input to help the manufacturers meet the needs of our wheelchair and users of other equipment.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking that they, the manufacturers come here and they love to pick brains of those that mm-hmm. do. So they get to create a little bit of the products that we have asked for. And then we ask them to you know, tweak it based on our clinical presentations that we encounter. And then The next years, they come up with you know all these great things to augment what we've said. So they really do try and listen to the clinicians who get to serve you know the broader consumer.
3: And I think for me too, um, something I really noticed this time was the networking—the way that when we're all together, um, you can run into people you wouldn't see otherwise—and I just think that's amazing, both new people that you get to know, but also just people who are colleagues that you haven't seen for a long time. And when we were virtual, it was good because it was all that we had, but it really eliminated that sort of chance encounter um, that where sometimes you learn a lot and you experience a lot.
0: No, I agree. I love the fact that <clears throat> I can talk to people who are practicing across the country, across the world, and actually pick brains when you have somebody or you're trying to solve a complex problem. And I'm not saying the people in my area aren't good. I'm saying that it's nice to get an outside look because we know things are done regionally. And things that are done where I'm from in Boston may not happen in California. And they're probably definitely not happening in Mexico or Italy. And being able to see and hear people talk about what they're doing And not the manufacturers, the actual clinicians, talk about, you know, I had this patient who we needed to do blah, 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 and say, wow, wait a minute, I had somebody like that. What if you tried this, and I did this, and it just gets exciting? Yeah.
2: And seeing the presentations from the clinicians and what they're doing in their clinics and how their clinics are set up, it's like, oh, how did you do that? And learning from each other Mm -hmm. is the highlight of our days here
0: What's Well, I think we're talking about this all around. I was going to ask what's the best thing about ISS for you, and I think we've all said it. Is there it's nice to just be for a couple of days with people who don't think you're strange?
2: <laughs> I could say I'm, I don't have anybody that I share this clinic with in Asheville. There is one other therapist doing some seating in the area. But I no longer have two or three therapists working with me where we can consult together and discuss things. When I come to the conference, I often bring case studies with me. Mm. And I go to the people who I know have probably encountered somebody like this and say, help me out here. Could you take a look at this? What would you suggest? So That's I amazing. come with that in mind. I also always make a list of what do I need to obtain from a manufacturer? What information am I lacking in my clinic from them? And I bring a list. I want to go to this booth and ask about this. Or just being able to see something new and go, oh, I know somebody who could work, this would work really well for. How about if you do it this way? And they say, oh, nobody's ever asked us that. <laughs> and you feel like you really can make a difference as an individual in the product development and the, and the application of it.
1: That's really cool. That is a very good point.
0: What educational topics did you attend? Did you tend to stay just on the seating and mobility track? Did you go to more pediatrics, adults, modifications for cars, things like that? There were a couple of those here, but not many. I saw one.
1: I found it challenging to try and get all of them in, to choose exactly. what to go to. So there were hot, yeah. hot power hours, they call them. I had people call them power hours. I'm like, this is a power hour. And there's like four or five really good topics that you couldn't choose. And that's a real problem. I don't know. I think it's excellent. There were some redundant topics, but different perspectives. So you can have, you know, an air cushion talk, and then you can go over and in another hour, get pressure management principles from a different person and then you can put that together with the air cushion, you know, and you can kind of just do your own critical thinking there. And like, how, how, how can I apply that? So I'm a bit of a nerd, I know.
2: No, I think we all are. <laughs> we're all wheelchair ner- seating nerds. And- That's the beauty of it, because right. we
3: come here and we're in a bunch of people who share our passion. Yeah. And, and you don't feel like you're weird, as Marianne was saying. I mean, we're all crazy
1: about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we can make a difference, and it's just, it's real time.
2: I think you know. one of my favorite ones was yours today, Tamara, with Jenny, and seeing the picture of Jenny, who has been in a wheelchair all her life, practically, in a chair that is what I had to do back 40 years ago, is you take an adult chair, and you use wood and foam and high to make a seating to fit a child. That's what we had back then. So I grew up in this industry as things were introduced, it became part of my practice, and I often wonder about the new therapists coming in and how overwhelming this conference must be with so many products to choose from. Where do you start? Right. And having somebody to mentor you through the conference I think would be a great thing to match folks up with the future. The last few conferences I've attended at ISS, I've often had a student. Who I've or somebody who's just graduated that I would meet up with and we'd go through the exhibit hall together and I'd help her learn what questions to ask and how do you apply this product or that product and I could answer her questions and get this, this young therapist so excited. You see the lights going off. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see more of in our industry is increasing the number of therapists that are trained to provide these services and feel comfortable that they're going to carry the torch forward.
0: I was excited to see a lot of new therapists because I was beginning to think we were a dying breed. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody was just, you know, you go to the outpatient clinic or the VNA therapist who happens to come by and they tell you what kind of a wheelchair you should have. And there were so many new therapists and getting excited about it.
3: And, and quite a few students as well. I, there were some students who stopped by the clinician task force table when I was there. And one of the sessions, uh, it was a student from University of Pittsburgh who was asking a question. So I think there were quite a few students at the conference.
1: Yeah, we had new therapists at the various VAs. And they were paired up with some of the, our mentors, my f- former mentor. Um, and so they did the very thing that you were saying, Barbara, that they were pairing each other up just naturally, and guiding them through a thought process. And they were asking good questions. And then she would say, well, what about this? And, and it just added to it. And then they came away going, OK, I'm going to ask that question next, next time I see that person. So um, it's definitely a lot of collaboration and of the new and emerging students and new clinicians Um, who are just starting out, just getting their feet wet in anything seating. Um, Besides being thrusted into a clinic situation, they get to kind of go through the thought process of a selection of different aspects of a wheelchair seating order form. You know, so whether it be cushion, backrest, or, you know, wheelchair, power, manual, you know, all the different things. So that was awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they were excited. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Good <laughs> to hear. What was your
2: favorite educational topic you attended? I, I, I'm going to go right back because I kind of got off on that tangent of the process of all the equipment that's developed over the years. But Tamara and Jenny were discussing using the correct terminology as far as how you address somebody who uses a wheelchair or is a rider of a wheelchair. And really helping to bring them into the assessment and process of it as a human being and that they are they are who they are they're not just somebody who uses a wheelchair you you address them as and I don't want Tamara to talk talk more about it it was just so good to hear the discussion in the room and everybody seems to be on the same page of that but I think there's still a lot of learning to be done a lot of training
3: yeah and, th- and that was funny because that session started about a year ago when Jenny Siegel and I did a webinar for NArts that Michelle Lang asked us to do about language And we had a lot of fun. And then I said, you know, maybe we should see if this would be accepted at ISS. What would you think? And to be honest, I didn't necessarily think it would fly, because it's not like a real specific positioning, equipment, seating, mobility sort of topic. Um, But they did accept it. And it's been a good challenge for Jenny and me, because since we were accepted, we started looking a little bit more into models of disability, person-first versus identity-first language, just a lot of these issues that need to be discussed, I think. And and it was fun, both for Jenny and me. We had fun today, and the room was full, and we wanted it to be interactive, so we were just sitting down with people. We weren't behind the table, and people rose to the occasion. A lot of people participated, yeah. and it was great.
0: What was your favorite Part of that experience that happened besides just talking, was there one thing that stuck out in your mind?
3: You know, I've done many presentations over the years, and this is the first time I've actually done one jointly with a person who is a wheelchair rider um, who's living the life shall we say. So we were doing it, you know, with me as a clinician, also as a mother, because I had a child with disabilities that I raised until she was about 12 years old. And then Jenny is there living the life right now. So we wanted to bring in all those perspectives, the professional, the parental, and then her living the life. And um, it was just a blast doing it with her. It was such, such a different way to go about it. We really enjoyed it.
0: If there was one thing that you could pick out for language that all of our viewers could start with to have proper language, what would it be?
3: It would be to not assume how, that you know how a person wants to be referred to. Yes. Don't assume that people first language or identity first language or whatever. Don't assume that you know. You need to ask and find out how a person wants to be referred to and what kind of language they want to have used.
2: We now interrupt this podcast with a word from our sponsor.
4: The Bantam line of standards are the only standards that combine the benefits of sit-to-stand and the option of supine to create infinite positioning possibilities from 90-90 sitting, fully vertical standing, fully supine lying, and anywhere in between. No other standard can provide the amount of positioning that is possible with the Easy Stand Bantam. Using the central positioning controller is simple and the Bantam easily switches between sit to stand supine and anywhere in between With the sit to stand position users tend to adapt better to standing and weight bearing The supine position can feel more comfortable and users can take breaks during a standing session Being able to alternate positions means a user can tolerate standing for a longer period of time, gaining more of the benefits of standing. The Bantam Medium provides these positioning options for users from 4 foot to 5 foot 6 and up to 200 pounds. The sleek white frame houses the power-up lift mechanism that allows the user to move between sit to stand and fully vertical with the push of a button. This option now comes standard when the Bantam Medium is ordered with supine the power-up option with supine controller can provide a more individualized and independent standing experience. For more information about the Bantam medium and to schedule your free product demonstration, go to easystand.com.
1: Now back to the podcast.
0: What was your favorite class, Tamara? Other Tamar? (laughs) so many to choose from. I mean, I,
1: Uh, what are the top three pearls of wisdom are you taking away? It's interesting because I enjoy the classes and all of the presentations, but I really liked the, the discussion. It was a little slow at first, but I thought the plenary was very key. It was exactly what people need to know because you have, different countries that have a different way about getting the clinicians or somebody credentialed to do seating and positioning and assistive technology prescription. And yet we're all in a different level. You know, they all have their ways to do it. It would be really nice if it was, there was some universal (laughs) um, guideline for us all to be on the same page with how You know, a prosthetist comes to be credentialed, uh, a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, and uh, they. I think Lori did a really good job at laying out the history that people did not know. I'm sure because I learned something new today. Definitely. And then you know, it just brought to light like that is still an area in which we need to you know champion and advocate for the young therapists that are coming about and get credentialed, get get the knowledge. I mean, you do get an hour of what seating and positioning in in school, maybe if you're lucky, will you touch a wheelchair in school? I mean, I I felt quite fortunate. We had a seating and mobility clinic on our campus. But our neuro teacher taught at the Seattle VA. She taught veterans spinal cord injury rehab. So she brought that knowledge and just made it a separate clinic two weeks in the summer. And I... I was in, enrolled in her summer class, and it just, I was hooked. And she said to me, and I grew from this, she said, I'm really surprised that you signed up for my class. And I, and I said, why? You're a fantastic teacher. You're one of my favorites. And she's like, I picked you for an orthotherapist. And, I, you know, and right then and there, it wasn't like I wasn't up for a challenge, but I said, well, you've changed my mind. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I, I'm really, I really think I can make a difference. I love this stuff, you know, so I was hooked then. And that was in my sec- between my second and third year of PT school. So, I mean, I, I can speak from that part of, for me, but I think um, in the VA system, we were uh, tasked in 2017 with trying to come up with a way to deliver wheelchairs and equipment, adaptive equipment, And have everybody be on the same page around the country and all the VAs. So, we were tasked with trying to come up with the education, the credentialing. um, How do we disseminate information to the therapists that are coming on board? Because, like you know, one VA, you're just one VA. You know, so we we all had to come together and try and come up with different um, avenues and different large overarching subjects so that we can all pull it together and have the education, the clinical side of it. But you know, the educators come in and, and lay down like, what does make somebody an expert in seating? What makes somebody an expert in adaptive equipment um, issuance? And to this day, it's not done. It's an ever changing and evolving discussion. And we, we get together probably every three months. And everything changes, as you know, in assistive technology. So, you know, we have to be a little bit quicker with that. <laughs> but, you know, so that's just from that perspective. Such a large healthcare system trying to be on the same page is, is a tough task at hand. But I kind of give kudos to them even thinking about that because somebody had to start it. I mean, everybody comes from a different perspective, right, in a different background. So, but to be on the same page and have everybody at least grasp the basic knowledge if they can't go to an ISS, because if they go to an ISS, they glean a lot of things from the different aspects. You know, that's not what's said, but when you don't have that accessibility to, or you don't know about it, you know. So that was, you know, that's just one aspect, and that's just in the VA system, so you have other systems in the United States, healthcare systems, and you have the Canadian system, the UK system, the Euro system. I mean, I think it'll be a a topic to discuss in the future, but being on the same page and just starting it, I think that 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 discussion was key for me. Um, And I think the new therapists were like nodding, you know, but it started out a little slow because, you know, for whatever reason, I think people weren't awake. (laughs) And then, and then it got, it got really, really good, you know, and it was very educational for me.
2: Another really good class I went to was after the plenary. The first morning was Jeannie Minkle doing the denials. And it Mm. was amazing to have such a huge ballroom. We were in the big plenary room and yet she was able to get us into small groups with case studies to review and give our input as a group, from that group to the big group, as to why did this chair get denied? What did you read in their documentation that caused it to get denied? Mm. And everybody was spot on figuring it out and sharing. Oh, that's what went wrong here. That's what I need to do different. And she just was very clear in her presentation that we, that everybody was able to take that information and turn it into being on the reviewer's chair to look at documentation. It's a
0: fun chair to be in. <laughs> but
2: Jeannie's always
0: so calm, clear, logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always enjoy listening to her. Any other favorite ones?
3: You know, I, uh, I really enjoyed a class that I went to on a segmental assessment of trunk control. I'm I've been familiar with the concept and I've kind of read about it. Um, Amy Bjornsson did a great job of making it really she clear. Did. It just seems really clear and relevant to me now. And I'm finding myself thinking about some other things a little differently. Um, for instance, you know, w- with my passion for postural support and lying, I'm now sitting here thinking. How do I usually go about it? Where do I usually start? Well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the segments. And I hadn't really analyzed it that way before. So I'm looking forward to thinking about that a little bit more.
0: I think that's also exciting when you come to ISS is that it's not just the products. It's not just the case studies. There are people developing and fine-tuning ways to evaluate so that we're objective. I know myself from being a reviewer, I'm always like, you have to be objective. It has to be, but you also need universal measurements because what's objective to you Mm -hmm. isn't to me. What you understand is this. And I think at ISS, we do that. We share evaluations. We help each other develop new ones. Mm
2: And that's something I've heard a lot today, too, is people saying, "I want to help you, I want to help other clinicians. This isn't just something I do, and it's proprietary to me. I want to help others to learn and be able to do this, and this industry is just awesome. We're not competitive with each other. We want to help each other.
3: yeah, there's just a lot of really open sharing, yes, and I agree with what you say about objectivity that I think that's why I like the segment. Uh, the SATCO, as it's called, you know, because it was just really clear the scoring of it and how you could use it to actually yeah. see the gain in skills, improvement in skills, just by looking at how it scores in very simple ways. And then it makes me think, why didn't I
2: go to that course? <laughs> What was I in instead of that? (laughs) Sounds really good. You know, I have to say the
3: only disadvantage to being back in person again, and I really love being in person, it was kind of nice last year when we had a whole year's access. All the courses were virtual. Mm -hmm. And then you could go back and you could see the recordings of the things that you wish that you could have gone to that you couldn't. Of course, you can't do that when you're in person.
2: Yes. And, you know, yes, it's great to get all those CEUs, but I really wanted to go for the learning to see all those different topics. and. And it was really hard because I was busy in my work. But like every, every other weekend, I would try to do a course that I didn't get to do yeah. Yeah. to try to catch up with what I missed and, and yeah. learn from it. What and I used it for
1: was to share it with my colleagues. So uh-huh. I would sign in on a lunch hour, and I would schedule out the IC class, and I picked ones that I, I thought people would like. Oh, And, and then get I to would I you. would just, you know, sign in and it would play on the big smart board. And, and if you wanted to come, brown bag it, come on in and you can watch it with me. So that's how I was able to that's distribute awesome the information.
3: Idea. That's a beautiful idea. Yeah, and
1: I'm hoping that the people at ISS realize that that's actually a positive <laughs> to share the knowledge. I mean, that. if you can't get, you know, we we can't send as many clinicians, you know, from my VA To the same conference, right? So, this was a way for me to share the knowledge, but also, you know, have them be introduced to the different clinicians that are around the the globe that, you know, share in that passion that they're developing and they're, you know, they get to see a different presentation every day. So, pretty neat. And I think that that might be lost, but I know that I had heard, and I hope I'm not wrong, It some of the um, courses were recorded. And maybe available, but I don't know how that's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. I don't know
2: what, and, you know. And I didn't take platform. time to look to see what's published, what they're putting out in the way of publication of handouts to refer back to or just to look at, just to go over somebody's handout, and then you can contact that speaker and say, hey, I was reading through your presentation, and I have a question. I think you had to go under the exact
0: class, and then the handouts mm-hmm. were with it. I, they're attached. They're at, attached to yeah. the class.
3: But you I mean, haven't had to time to do that. Oh, I haven't either, yeah. <laughs> but I'm hoping I will.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. And I heard from a lot of therapists up in New England that they're not getting funded for courses anymore. That's right. Because, it, or they can get the education or a certain fund, but they can't get the travel anymore. Right. And I think having things available to reach out. Again, I, since I went to the first... ISS I went to was the fourth international singing wow. symposium in Memphis. We were tiny back then, remember? Yes. And people could go and expand, but not a lot of people were sharing the knowledge. And now we're sharing it more and there's more of us. But I think if we could make it more accessible,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm not saying go back to virtual, please yeah. God, no. yeah.
3: But I think that is one of the challenges, because there is a lot of virtual education available now. And so employers and funders can say, well, you don't really have to go to a conference, because you can get your CEUs, you can get your education this other way, not necessarily realizing it's just not the same thing. It may be cheaper, but it doesn't mean that it's better or even as good, right?
0: That tends to be the whole tone in everything in complex rehab technology. If it's cheaper, it's better. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, yes. Well, you have to to document or justify that the less expensive is not better, how we should look at it. So it's less expensive to do it by webinar, but it's not as beneficial. Mm -hmm. Not as effective. Not as effective. Any more than a lower-end cost product is over the higher end that may have properties that the user really benefits from.
0: That's true. That's a good way to put it open forum, ladies.
3: Can I share about the the position paper that we're writing for Resna on that topic? One thing I really enjoyed was co-presenting a session yesterday um, with three colleagues, Trish Toole, Jenny Hudson, and Leanne Hoffman, and I are on the work group together with Courtney Bopes, Um, We're writing a RESNA position paper on 24-7 posture care management focusing on the lying orientation. And part of writing a RESNA position paper is that you need to get feedback. So we had our feedback session on Thursday afternoon, and it ended up being really good. We got lots of really active feedback. And um, it was exciting for me personally to see how the interest in this area of positioning has grown. Um, The first time I presented at ISS on this topic was in 2015, and hardly anybody was talking about positioning outside of the wheelchair or outside of the standing frame. And now, you know, since then, every year there's at least one, if not more, sessions where people are talking about this topic. And I'm really excited about that because I think that understanding The importance of postural support in all three human orientations is really crucial.
0: And I think what we're seeing at ISS is people are now understanding Mm -hmm. it's not just the chair. Mm -hmm. It's what you're you're doing in the standing frame. And that being in the standing frame is going to affect what you're doing in the chair and what you're going to do in lying. And the vice versa. Lying affects seating in the chair. Mm -hmm. None of us live our life in one plane Mm -hmm. and I don't think I, I know we all agree because else we wouldn't be here that people with disabilities should not have to be restricted to comfort to function and enjoyment and fulfillment of life in one position and that it's okay, we've got a chair, your chair's wonderful and everything, but the rest of your life, oh well. You're gonna to have to either suffer with pain or get injured from pressure or develop um, postural deformities or deviations. And I think ISS in the past years has come to the understanding or the group that it's all connected. And we've got to look at everything. We can't just focus on wheel mobility.
3: I think that's a really big change that I've seen over the years, both in me and at ISS.
0: <laughs> and even, there's usually a few, one or two standing, and there were two or three this year, mm-hmm. and one which I thought that I went to was a review of a scoping review of the evidence, and we know those of us who are in, use standing and standing technology know that the evidence isn't. Randomized control. It's not high level. And either the funding or the parents are just like, well, prove it to me. Show me the evidence. And I, the scoping review showed us that there is evidence. There is positive benefits, which those of us doing it know it. Mm-hmm. But it was out there for everybody to see. And all in one place. Because it was all the evidence for the past how many years? It was a scoping review, it went, I forgot how many articles they had played. Going into the qualitative evidence, there were over a thousand cases that wow. they looked at.
3: Wow, yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> you know, between all the various studies, there was over a thousand subjects. I've never seen that in one place before. Yeah, so cool. So I have a question for all of you ladies. Will you be back next year?
2: I will be. Sure hope to be. Yeah. Don't know. I would love to be. But uh, the, will, the seating clinic where I'm working at, the grant funding is ending this year. So we'll see what my future will be. We'll do a GoFundMe page. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> In thinking about next year, what topics would you like to see included? Or what topics are you thinking about presenting?
3: You know, one, one thing I'd like to see ISS consider is the last couple of years, the sessions have only been limited to one hour. And it used to be, if I remember correctly, that you, there were some 90-minute sessions, 75-minute oh, sessions. Yeah. And now it's only just been limited to one hour. And I think there are times when we could really benefit from having a larger chunk of time instead of having it just only be 60 minutes. I don't know if they'd ever consider that, having some variation, but I think that might be helpful. I remember those. Yeah, you remember it too. It's not
1: a figment no, of my it's imagination. No, were not a figment. They were, I you, have a suggestion. Because sometimes you had to... I think we should take the survey on the opening page and make those suggestions. I think that it would be very valuable because mm-hmm. who knows why they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. They probably just think that, oh, maybe people only have an hour's worth of attention, which we know. We love this stuff, so... That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: people can hold on, certainly for longer than a moment. Oh, an hour. Yes. From 7.30 in the morning till 7.30 in the evening? Well, that's what we're
2: doing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've done it for the past two days. I think I'd also like to see more mentoring and helping younger therapists be able to feel comfortable asking questions and or putting together presentations. Some sort of way that a therapist who's been doing it for years and has been presenting could help a younger therapist who has an idea they want to present put that together in a format that would be accepted and exciting and new ideas shared. So if any of our listeners
0: would like to work on a presentation, I think we've got a stable, shall you say, of people who have presented. You can email education at ultimatemedical.com, and we'll see if we can hook you up with somebody. If not, I'm willing to help. So I would like to offer myself to any of our listeners who are interested in doing a presentation at ISS and working on it to either to email me directly at Marianne.Girardi at ultimatemedical.com, and I will help you work with it or help you find somebody to work with you. We have plenty of people on our advisory board and friends of Ultimate Medical that are willing to help people get published, not published as much as getting that are willing
2: to help people put together presentations for ISS. Especially if they have some unusual case studies that they had to really think outside the box to solve Mm -hmm. and building those case studies into a presentation that will help others who might run into that same problem in the future or have somebody just like them now and they're lost on what to do. Well, we're getting to the end of our time, so does anyone have anything else they'd like to add before we go? I'm looking forward to tomorrow's presentations and what more I can learn before I head home. I would second
3: that and and also it's just nice to be able to sit around this table and reflect on what we've already experienced the last couple of days with other people. It's nice to do this in a
1: in an organized way. Yes. Thank you for inviting us. I've never done this before. Well, I want to thank you all for
0: coming cuz it's been an interesting and exciting conversation. Looking forward to tomorrow's classes and to more things coming in the world of seating and beyond seating for ISS and other educational opportunities across the country and maybe the world. I just wanna thank everybody for listening to Positioning 365 Beyond Seating. I'm Mary Ann Girardi, your host. I would love to thank Tamar Alexander, Barbara Kroom, and Tamar Kittison for joining me this evening. Have a good night.
2: Today's podcast was brought to you by Ultimate Medical, the home of Easy Stand, Activate, and Medical Positioning.